and you are the masterpiece in the making. And that the end goal of your life is to end up having created a masterpiece of your life. And that if your life is a masterpiece, you're passing it down to the next generation. So are they going to inherit a masterpiece to learn from, or is it going to be a pile of rubble? Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Richard Sennett said, craftsmanship names an enduring basic human impulse, the desire to do a job well done for its own sake. And Snoop Dogg said, if it's flipping hamburgers at McDonald's, be the best hamburger flipper in the world. Whatever it is you do, you have to master your craft. This is episode 124 with best-selling author Charles Collins. And today he's going to be sharing the five elements of life as a craft. And if you hear anything you like, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. The event that sparked thinking about this was my little girl in the kitchen saying, hey, dad, what's life all about? What's the purpose of my life? And and me just fumbling around trying to, you know, think of the right thing to say and uh, then not going outside to cut the lawn, but actually getting under my skin and going, hmm, <laughs> you know, how am I supposed to answer that? So that's that was the catalyst event, um, you know. And that was it. That was the whack on the side of the head, I guess. Yeah. So how long have you now had Lifecraft going on helping people with this? Well, as far as to the external world, uh, that only started in 2012 when we released the the first book on Amazon, uh, Making a Masterpiece of Your Life, which was based on the original work. So the original work started in uh, 1990. Uh, That's when that question came. Uh, then for more than two years, there was a lot of research, which is a whole story unto itself. But the, the end of that two years came up with kind of like a little manual, uh, like in a craftsman's workshop. They call it a workshop manual. And uh, that little manual kind of a book was an artifact around our house to say, hey, you know, we don't have to just invent everything and make it up as we go. Let's go. Let's see if, you know, there's something in the manual you know, about that question you're asking. So it was kind of a fun thing, right? And that was 1992 when that happened in our house. So 92, 2022. So it was in our house, in our family for more than 20 years before uh, one of one of our family friends said, you know, you, you should put that out so others can see it. So that's how it got out first on Amazon. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. And, and that you guys had it going on just within your family uh, for that long. And it, it was someone just, hey, you need to get this out there. Uh, for other people. So I'm sure it's been received really well um, and really helped a lot of people. Yeah. When we, when we first put it on Amazon, so what making a masterpiece of your life, the book that's on Amazon um, it's funny to call it a book. It's more of a manual. Uh (laughs) It's like, it's a how to, it's a reference book, right? It's not a Uh novel, Uh, but it's kind of like, well, if you're thinking about this, you know, that's the five elements, you know, here's a little one page starter on that idea. And when we put it out, we, we, we got a lot of people. I mean, we got people from uh, uh, police and crime organizations saying this is you know wonderful. We'd like to share this with families that are having problems. We got it from parenting organizations. We got it from individuals, uh, you know, uh, church groups. I mean, it's amazing. You can see the, um, uh, you know, the, the reviews by different people, uh, therapy people and, and just regular moms and dads and, and folks just saying, 
wow, this is a nice structured way to start taking away some of the confusion and the and their hit or miss of going through life blindly, you know? So mm. yeah, it, it was received very well. That's awesome. And with, with that though, I, I mean, the success has come from it. Um, but I always like kind of twisting it a little bit because with that, there are still, there are still kind of hard, hard times. There's still struggles with getting something like this out there. I'm sure. Did you face any of those obstacles or, or rough patches that you had to get through to get this out in front of people uh, and then expand on on the amount of people that saw it? Well, n- not not in the same way that you would think, you know, uh, from the entrepreneur's mind, which I know is part of the mindset of pencil leadership. But um, that wasn't um, that wasn't a driver for us in this particular project because the project was never developed as a uh, a business and trying to gain mind share and then trying to gain market share and so forth and so on as the entrepreneur's journey would. Uh, this this was, you know, friends of ours saying to us, you need to share this with a wider audience beyond just, you know, the two or three families that get together at the cookout, you know. So, <laughs> so it's it kind of you went at it almost with like no real um, you didn't really have any measurement. You didn't have any kind of necessarily goal with it, except just to get it out in front of people and whoever saw it kind of could benefit and just kind of grew from there. Yeah, that's that's really, I would say, the driving motivation, like kind of in your parable of the pencil maker who was a craftsperson of their own type. Right. That that craftsperson, you know, what we ended up finding is something called the way of craftsmanship. And and don't think of it as something that's just, you know, on your desk. Craftsmanship is a way of thinking and doing things. And what we started to realize in the study of craftsmanship, which is excellence of execution, that if you don't share that finished work of high quality with the world, you haven't finished the work yet. So get the work out to the world so they can benefit by it, which is, you know, the craftsman's mind. And so that was kind of the driver for putting it out. Okay. I like that a lot. And I like the imagery of, of craftsmanship, of, of living a life of, uh, as a craft, because and you hit it on a little bit there, uh, excellence of ex- execution and then being able to share what you've created. So what else goes into craftsmanship from your perspective and that life craft kind of definition? Right. So craftsmanship and life craft, they they work together, but they are separate and distinct. So craftsmanship was something that we discovered after we started thinking about the idea of what are the things that the our child needs to learn, kind of like a life curriculum. And that's the five elements that we'll chat about. So as we got into it, we realized that um, uh, trades and crafts and occupations and vocations for thousands of years have eventually coalesced, you know, around an idea that you're going to come in here and you're going to learn something, pencil making or food creation or the law, whatever. And you're going to learn that body of knowledge. You're going to practice that body of knowledge. You're going to become incrementally improving with your skills and the use of tools of that particular trade. And that universal set of ideas was all centered around. And when you do that well, we're going to use the word craftsmanship to describe the excellence of execution. So we started looking at everything that we could possibly think of and looking at the curriculum. And we realized that this principle of craftsmanship, even though the word is not used everywhere, it's used so many places, we adopted that word 
Uh, a lot of people immediately go to, oh, that's uh, wood or carpentry or pottery. But no, it isn't. I just read an article about craftsmanship in hip hop music production. And that was the actual title of the article. So craftsmanship, once you get once you, you know, get rid of the immediate, oh, that means pottery. When you get rid of that, you realize it's actually a focusing principle for excellence of execution. Uh, yeah, and it's a good point there you made too in the correlation because I and I I watched the you know the Michael Jordan documentary not too long ago and and I could be making this up but for some reason and I hear it in multiple sports but like you know they're honing their craft they they you know they're getting in the gym they're honing that craft and becoming the best in the world and so I think yeah once we can kind of expand our our view on what craftsmanship and living a life of craft means I think that opens up a lot of doors because like you said excellence of execution like you kind of hold yourself to a higher standard when it's your craft that's right and not only do you hold yourself to a higher standard but um, in our trades occupations and professions which is uh, where we do this very well in our careers our our teaching institutions and then the professional organizations and guilds and societies and whatnot that kind of govern the quality of the craft, they hold us to a higher standard as well. You know, you call yourself a master carpenter. Well, show me your credentials from the guild, you know, the of carpenters that, you know, you've you've achieved that level of excellence. Right. Don't just shoot off your mouth, which the Internet is full of that stuff. Right. So so you look really for credentialed uh, craftsmen and craftswomen in whatever trade it could be, neuroscience or whatever. And you look for those not only credentialed individuals, but next, look for the quality of their work. Okay, great. Yeah, I see the credentials. Show me your work. And that's where you really start separating craftsmen and craftswomen from, you know, folks who say they do it. You know, so look at Michael Jordan. He's down court. He's practicing 10,000 hours to hit that bucket, right? That just didn't come to him. You know, he had a dream one night. Right. Yeah. And it's like if, if I was to call myself, a, a you know, a, a carpenter or craftsman of woodworking and then I go show you some of the stuff I made and you hold it next to these people who are actually craftsmen uh, or carpenters like, it's like, OK, yeah, Chris is not a you know, he's not a, a craftsman when it comes to woodworking. He he has talent. He has ability to make things, but just night and day difference. You would see a night and day difference in, in the the level uh, of work between me and an actual craftsman within carpentry. So uh, definitely. Right. And it's really important, um, you know, for the audience to, who does not hear this message very often because they're so overwhelmed with the, the fake, um, you know, veneer folks that are passing themselves off as being uh, excellent in one thing or another and just basically trying to get you to pay them for something. Uh, when, when you get down to the brass tacks, um, anytime we do something well and, and we really do it well with skill, with practice, with commitment, and that takes time, when you really do something well, you are really full of self-esteem. There's a value you have in yourself. There's a pride you have in yourself. So lock onto that just for a second. And that becomes the center of the way of craftsmanship. Now turn your attention to everything else in your life and don't fake it. You know, if you're you there, there is a way to learn something, but you have to put in the time and learn the skills. Some things you learn faster and easier than others. But nonetheless, it's all levels and degrees of proficiency. So that's that's craftsmanship. And 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 then life as a craft 
is the concept of a structure around what you're going to learn and what's on your workbench, what you're learning, what you're practicing, how proficient you get in that before you say, okay, that's cool. Uh, that's, that's what I needed in this one. Now you turn your attention to the next subject, the next topic in the kind of the structure, the curriculum. So life as a craft basically is saying, okay, craftsperson, man or woman, if you're locked into, you're going to be excellent at what you do. Then the next thing is realize life doesn't have to be a blank kind of, uh-oh, what's going to happen to me today when I wake up? It can be a place where, no, there's a distinctive structure and a destination from point A, starting now in your life to the end of your life. You can practice the entirety of it as a craft. Yeah, you bump your nose as you go along. But there's a structure all the way till you're like 85 and beyond. And people sit back and say, really? Say, yep, we can talk about life as a craft, but that's the structure. That's the idea. That's very interesting. With the, and it makes sense uh, with that structure. And I'm sure. So this is where the five elements uh, come into play, right? With life as a craft. That's correct. So so what I guess, what are those five elements? And then we can kind of unpack each one yep. uh, and how they correlate. Yeah. So the idea behind it was um, starting back with what do we need to learn that whole conversation with my daughter. And we started looking at topic after topic after topic that she would be thinking about or we would be thinking about, you know, like, what's this and what's that? Um, I had to boil it down and it boiled into these five categories. You know, anytime we were talking about something, it locked into these five categories. The first one was all the conversations and topics that have to do with element one, family and personal heritage. So where'd you come from? How come grandma has a funny accent? And what does our name mean? And, you know, all of the stories that you hear or possibly don't hear. I know I don't know anything about great grandfather, whatever the case may be. Then there's the present day heritage you're growing up and living in that's imprinting you. And then there's the idea of are you going to leave something behind for the next generation? Stories, artifacts, ideas. So family and personal heritage has a huge impact on who we see ourselves to be. And they first imprint us as we're children before we take over. The second major element of topics was um, family and household management. So if you're growing up in a household, sit back and ask, is it being run well? Is the infrastructure well cared for? Are the machines constantly breaking or are they in good shape? How about the rules of the house? Is it just what mom or dad is screaming that particular day or you're upside down or sideways or whatever? So think about your household as kind of like a little mini workshop and you start realizing, wait a minute, there's a, there's a way to manage this and there's skills that I could learn to make it better for everybody, right? Just don't do it up flying by the seat of your pants. So the third category that we then thought about was, well, one of the major attributes in running a home, running workshop is money in and money out. So family and personal finance and all of the topics underneath that became the third master category, right? The fourth category was, well, if we're going to treat this thing as a craft, then what's the primary material of this craft we're working with? And it was us, the human being. And most of us are never taught about the human being other than a quick anatomy class, right? But the truth of it is there's the inner human being and our whole what we'll call emotional anatomy you know, and our mind and spirit and all. And then there's the outer human being. So if we understand the human being and what makes it tick, you know, emotions and physical and whatnot, you know, there's a greater chance that we as craftspeople can shape ourselves well, rather than constantly taking hammers to ourselves, which too many people do, right? 
And final fifth category we realized, which was full of topics, is in everything we use, we, we're using tools. I mean, tools of every kind, these devices that we focus to try to improve something that we're doing, right? So those five categories, basically those five elements broke out that you go down inside and now you can find 10, 15, 20 different topics, but they all roll up into their master categories. Wow. That's, and then you basically like, yeah, thinking as you said that, but is anything I thought of fell into one of these? And so I, I like the, the family and personal heritage. The first one to start there is it's so like, for me, I, I really enjoy history and learning about kind of where we came from, my family and, and just history in general. And so this is like, there's so many people that don't necessarily know much about their history. Um, and when you do, you can kind of understand a little bit more about like, your personality, which can then kind of tie into the fourth one, the human being. But do you, are there suggestions you make for people to find out or to kind of dig into their heritage more? I know there's, I mean, there's different apps and, and tools out there for it, but um, how, if you don't know stories from your family, things like that, like how can people kind of dig into this first element? So the resources that we've put out there actually take you into that. So if you go into element one, the topic family heritage, and you click on it and in the areas we've made it available, you'll be presented with about a dozen different topics, ancestry, genealogy, family symbols, family uh, colors, family songs, family rituals, traditions. Each of these are individual subjects that you then click on them and you get a nice little one page introduction to go, Oh, yeah, that seems interesting. That catches your attention. You bring it up onto your workbench. As a craftsperson, you now start working into it. You start seeking out mentors and knowledge about it and, and studying it. Now, maybe you go on to practice it. Maybe you just are an apprentice and you learn it. But the point is, is that all these little micro topics start having a place for you. And then you can go off and go to work and, you know, do the regular things you do through your day. But then you come back and you go, oh, I want to check out one of those other ones in there. Right. So your family past and your history is one of them. And that will take you off into ancestry. It'll take you off into genealogy and so forth and so on. But for a lot of people, the paper trail ends quickly, you know. Depending on where you came from, you may not be able to go back more than a generation or two, right? So, but what about the heritage that is your present day? Now, a lot of people don't even think about that to say, stop, look at where you were born. Look at whether you grew up in a village or a city. Look at the languages you speak. Look at the foods that you eat. Look at the, the colors and the surroundings and the stories that you're being told are true or not true or this, that, and the other. Your present day heritage most people don't even realize that is what is going to be left as stories to the next generation. So think about what is your present day heritage. And man, once you get into this, you just start going, wow, you really start. And that affects you, the human being like, wow, who am I? Right. So you get it. That present day, like you said, you don't think about it. Like I didn't think about that because so my dad is big into ancestry. He does ancestry.com genealogy and he's traced it. Our, our family way, way, way back. And to me, it's just so intriguing just to see the paths and the connections. And 
um, that, yeah, I forgot about even just right now, like how I was raised is going to play a part in, in, in my kids' lives and so on and so forth. Not necessarily all from, you know, back in the, the BCs and all that, but just from today right. uh, plays a part. So it is, it's critically important. And it starts, and it starts when you start examining you as if you were looking at somebody up your family tree, you start going, Whoa, who is this dude? You know, like what stories, where did he come from? What's he doing? You know, and it really, and you look at some of these people that actually are able to go back and see their family trees and get stories from the past. You ever watch the way it affects them, you know, emotionally while you're seeing it on TV? So this thing, just wearing one of five elements can really have a significant impact on who you see yourself to be and how you continue to shape yourself going forward. Yeah. It, and it's, yeah, it is crazy. Once you do like track it back, just when you, so my dad's tracking it back and I don't know if you've watched History Channel, but there's a show called Oak Island. Um, yes. And one of the theories, basically they're, they're hunting for gold in this Canadian island. Uh, and for those who don't know it, and one of the theories is um, Captain Anderson brought over all this gold on one of his ships. And we're actually, dad found a connection to him way back in the day. And so we're watching this show and they talk about it and we're like, whoa, like, whoa. Not, that, not that we're like, okay, we'll get gold, but just like a connection in history of, of and that. And we like, connect with it. Look at, yeah. look, at the, look at the level inside your emotional state that you connect with when you realize you're, so it's, it's, it's strange, but how powerful it is to us. So that's why we put it as a an important element in 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 life as a craft. Yeah, I think it's it's huge. Just knowing where you come from for sure. Um, so I, I love that one. And then the second one, the family and household management, uh, oh, so crucial. And the management of the household, and, and I see it a lot uh, in today's world. My wife's a teacher, and so seeing the negative of yeah. It can have if it's not managed well, uh, and so this is a this is a huge one and a hard subject really sometimes when there when there is no management going on. Yeah, and a lot of times there isn't management go along, uh, and the reason for that is is that we're not taught that life is a learned craft across these categories. So what happens is we end up becoming parents in one way or another. And then when that happens, you're either taking anecdotal information from parents or friends or church groups or synagogue, whatever, and bits and pieces are coming in and you're really patchworking it together through intuition. And the fact of the matter is, is that it comes out OK, but so many times it's very painful. And if people realize, well, wait a minute, if this is a skill and a trade and a craft like running a workshop, what is there to be learned in here that I can become more proficient at? Because if you do something well, you're going to feel good as a parent. If not, you're going to be frustrated with your kids. You're going to be angry at yourself. Right? All those things. Right. So that takes you down into here are the skills and the ideas and the topics to make you a manager, a proficient manager of your family workshop, your household. And that puts a whole different spin on it. Because now you're not beating yourself up. You're saying, oh, that's uh, that's something to be learned. Yeah. So yeah. what are a couple of ways that we could manage better or learn to manage a household better? Yeah, there's two major components to it. One is the physical infrastructure that is your household, right? So take and think of all of that, home and garden, and break it down. Man, when you start breaking it down, there's all kinds of things that... 
right? You need paying attention to. And some folks absolutely just don't do it. They don't think about it. They don't look at it. Things are breaking. Things are rotting. You, all of a sudden, you have a really expensive roof repair, you know, because you didn't do basic maintenance on it. So think about all the physical infrastructure. And there's like about 10 different subjects or topics in that category. Then there's the folks living inside that workshop. So now if the infrastructure is together, quote, good, right? Well designed, well done. It's not all cluttered. Think about a workshop. How are you going to work in a cluttered workshop, right? But you go into some homes and man, it's like a hurricane. <laughs> right. So think about the people and the effect it has on them when your workshop is not orderly and well run. Now think about the processes and the rules of the house. How many times have you seen rules of the house? I mean, there are photographs all over the internet that call rules of the house, right? Some of them can be really harsh. <laughs> Some of them can be none at all. Some of them are made up that day. How about when people have grievances or suggestions? You know, do you have a process by which people can sit down and do it? Or is it just like, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So take those two things, physical infrastructure, and then how people live and work together according to the rules, if you will, or the processes. And boy, we got about 15 different topics in that category online. Yeah. And that's a good point to look at it uh, with structure. So how, what's the process? How can, like, do you allow your, like, Hey, if you're upset, like you have maybe, and I, this was an example I heard uh, when you get mad, when you, when you have anger, emotion, sadness, two minutes, you can express it, you know, go, go yell, go whatever it needs. So you can accept that. And then we're going to go come together and try to move on and figure out what needs to happen differently or, you know, so there's a structure to it. You have That's this two great. minutes and then let's talk and, and, and figure out the direction. So the, the important thing about what you said was, is that if the parents like workshop managers basically say in our, this is present day heritage. So in our workshop culture, our home, it's acceptable. It's okay. And you practice this to, to, to vent for a minute or two. That's acceptable behavior. We're not going to pin you to the wall. As long as you don't break anything, you can vent for a minute or two, right? That's acceptable. That's a rule of the house. It's, it's understood. Then we go through the next step in the process. So as long as that's done in a way that is part of the process, then that's, then that's your culture, that's your program. If it's not, then go to your room and no <laughs> supper and God knows what. Right. Yeah. I think the big thing is just, yeah, having that structure and communicating it and, and making sure people understand uh, those in the household, like that's the process and you got to follow it. Yep. And you got to follow it, stick with it. So, and I know a lot of those processes that structure can go into this next one, the, the family and personal finance. And I know that can be a big, uh, stumbling block for a lot of families. It's, it's a hard one sometimes to, to figure out the budgeting, you know, the Dave Ramsey or, you know, the, the anti Dave Ramsey, whichever camp you're in. And, uh, so why is this one so important? Why is this one of your, your elements? Because when we studied, um, looked at the topics and we realized that the topics was the way we treat our, our trades and our crafts, they break it down into the master categories so you can focus on one component and learn it. We realized that what we were doing was mimicking the way workshops in, his, in, in history, historically for thousands of years, have been set up to work and function. And what we also learned was that a workshop couldn't be established until you were a master craftsperson in your trade, right? You weren't allowed to be licensed to run a workshop. And 
in order to be licensed to run the workshop, you had to pass another level of training, which included the commercial operation of the workshop. Because if it failed as a commercial enterprise, people were out of work and on the streets. And they wanted to avoid that, you know, boom and bust. So the workshop managers had to learn how money comes in, how it's managed and dispersed throughout the workshop as a resource, and then how money goes out again, not more than what comes in, you know. (laughs) So personal and family finance, money in, management, and money out becomes a subject or element in which there are about 10 or 15 different subcategories budgeting, insurance, investing, retirement for the future. I mean, all these elemental components that seem like so confusing if you don't have a structure. But when you look at them under this one category, you go, oh, okay, there they are. They're all there. Okay. I don't have to go crazy looking for them anymore. Now, which one do I need to think about today? Right. Yeah. I think, and it's, again, a lot of comes down to structure and just having a process uh, to, to kind of move forward in. Um, but yeah, being able to manage that is a big part of it because, um, you, you gotta be able to support your family. You gotta be able to support that workshop for one. And then if you're trying to make a difference in the world, like pencil leaders are, uh, you know, somebody's got to buy the fish, you know, there buy you go. The tools. so, uh, be able to manage that and be able to give back is a big part of it as well. It is. So the idea that you, you know, that you were just saying that, that what people are hearing here is a very fundamental idea of structure that they'll be familiar with in one area of their lives or another. Usually it ends up being careers and occupations because those are pre-structured when we learn those structures. So to be able to come back and say, well, wow, the entirety of life has a structure like this that I can just keep on my desk and progressively enter into whichever category I need and work on it and learn it and so forth and so on. It becomes a very, uh, it takes away a lot of fear, takes away a lot of, geez, I don't know what to do. And that kind of moves into the fourth, the human being element, uh, all about ourselves. And for some people that's hard to to focus on themselves and and figure out how to, you know, move forward. So uh, I know this one's a huge one. Yeah, the key the key about this that we that for the for the audience listening to this is that if if you kind of get with the idea of craftsmanship and that you're shaping your life and that the end goal of your life is to end up having created a masterpiece of your life. And that if your life is a masterpiece, you're passing it down to the next generation. Let's go back to family heritage element one. So are they going to inherit a masterpiece to learn from or is it going to be a pile of rubble? Then the idea becomes, so set yourself up and put yourself on a workbench for a moment and step back and look at yourself. And basically, if you're the craftsperson of your life now and you're looking at that material called the human being, the inner and the outer human being, then with learning and practice and using the right tools and invoking the right mentors to help you through rough areas in this material, right? Then you start looking at shaping yourself, not in this stressful, hurtful way. You start realizing, ooh, this is a nice piece of mahogany I've got here. Now I got to just shape this little, I got to go with the grain over here just to get it just right because you are unique, just like every piece of wood is unique. So you start bringing this on, it becomes more in the metaphor because then you realize, my God, the human being is an actual organic material, just like a tree in a forest, right? So a craftsperson's going to look at it this way. And now 
you start replacing fear with understanding and approaching it in workmanlike manner. Yeah, and I think the big thing, like you said, understanding. I think a lot of people don't even that. know themselves really, truly. They just, you know, yeah, it's just, hey, this is what we were told to do, you know, and, and so I'm just going to do that. But they don't, they don't look at their emotional side, their spiritual side, and 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 some of them just forget even about their physical side uh, if you look at them. And so it, it kind of falls to the wayside. And like I tell people all the time, like when I'm uh, consulting or, or in programs, like you're the captain of your ship. Whatever you're trying to do, if if you go down, the whole ship's going down because you're there. You're running the show. And so whether it be podcast or business or, or just life, like you no, it's not selfish. No. It it's actually selfless yes, because if you're taking care of yourself, right. then if you're you can in good give shape, more. you know, that you're 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 high quality material <laughs> and people are benefiting by that. If you just let it grow wild, you know, it's goodness knows it's gonna take over the house. Yeah. And especially the emotional side, I think we're getting so far away even more from that and spiritual side with people because, um, you know, we just continue. Don't don't talk about your emotions, you know, keep it keep it just inside. Don't don't worry about that. Just focus on what you can see and, and do right now. And I think there's kind of both sides to it, but being able to understand that emotions are real to happen. Um, and, and to deal with them healthily. Um, well, see, so really much of what you just, just said goes back to element one, which is family and personal heritage, the heritage you're growing up in today and the world you're growing up in. What is the heritage that you're hearing and thinking? You know, if, if the world around you has a lot of voices saying, you know, your emotions, your internal, your this, that, and the other, your other way, you have to step back and look and say, you know, where are those teachings coming from? You know, what wh where what school of, of thought, what school of practice did they go to that taught them that the internal human being must be suppressed? Well, if that's a school of training they went to, which might be just nothing else but hearsay and gossip in the heritage around them, then you have to just step back and say, wait a minute, that's not making a masterpiece of my life. I now going to become the craftsperson and understand. So it's a whole different way. But if you have a method, a framework by which to remove yourself from that gossip, then you have a greater chance of succeeding. Not just you and I talking here, but you have actual tools and things that we've built that you can go to and use. And that the tools that, that we can use kind of that falls into the fifth element, the, the tool for living. Um, I, we have this, we nowadays, especially we have so many different things, different tools that we can utilize for all these elements and, and to continue to craft ourselves. So, um, how can we, what tools are out there? What tools do you recommend to really help us? So if you, if you our, look at tools for in, from the traditional craftsman's point of view, they, they, they would expose an apprentice to see the tools in the workshop, they would have to be able to name each one of them. What is the primary purpose and often secondary purpose of the tool? Then they have to observe journeymen and masters using the tool. And then only after they could describe how and all the elements that work, would they allow to be under the guidance of a mentor, start to use the tool in practice initially and over time gain proficiency. Now take that and apply it to anything that you are using 
to shape and improve or manage an element of your life. Your outer physical conditioning, the pills and the things that you take internally, which are as a tool delivering something to affect a change on you, anything you are using internally or externally to affect a change on you, the material is a tool. When you now look at it that way, we live in a time and an era in which almost everything we do every day is using a tool on ourselves in some way, shape, or form, right? You know? Yeah, absolutely. There Even in a negative there, way, too, not using it right. The, we live in a tool era. We're not back, you know, a few thousand years ago when it was sticks and stones, and those were the only tools around. I mean, we have got more technologies around us of every type, including the ones that they're teaching you to do on the workbench of your mind, mind tools that have negative effects when they're not used according to proper skills and methods. And that really brings down to what mentors are you listening to? Because I got to tell you, for every tool and everything you want to do, there are schools of practice out in the world that are saying, no, you do it this way. Now the schools of practice saying, no, 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 you do it this way. Like you were saying, Ramsey or anti Ramsey, yeah? Those are schools of practice on the same subject. So now you have to be really discerning about, okay, what school of practice do I want to enter into? Because I have to commit time and practice and use of their tools. And I don't want to spend a year or two or three and come out and they say, what a waste of time that was, you know? And we sometimes don't even realize our, our tool that are, are shaping our thoughts and our process that we just, you know, we just let it happen and we let it work and kind of in the background almost, whether it be news or, or what we listen to on, on radio or TV movies, things like that. It's, it all is, you know, chiseling away to create, you know, whatever it wants really. Now you're going to start looking at every single thing going forward, right? At different eyes. Isn't it true? Once somebody presents you that, hey, did you realize that all these things around you, these are tools that are focusing your attention or they're doing something and they're actually shaping you. They have an effect on you. Anything that shapes and affects you is an external. It's a tool. It's a tool. Sometimes you're applying it to yourselves. Sometimes others are applying it to you. From this point forward, you're going to look at all this stuff and go, wait a minute. I'm not letting that thing in me. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, it, and it, you made a point like there's almost everyone's kind of having some sort of effect by what they're putting out there, what they're saying and, and things like that. And we, too, can be a tool in other people's lives. Uh, and, and so like the fifth trait of pencil leadership is that we're all unique with a purpose to uh, live to our potential and leave a positive mark on the world. So be a positive tool in the life of someone else. So one question I do ask and then kind of wrap up the show with is. Uh, when everything is said and done for you, what do you hope your positive mark is on the world? Um, to leave behind a work that speaks for itself because I will be invisible now. And that work has to uh, present excellence of execution in the quality of the work itself and that it can be used by future generations, back to element one, family heritage, family personal heritage, as the legacy upon which they continue to build, right? It's element, it's 0.5 out of pencil leadership. I mean, directly. Pencil leadership, it's a craft, yeah? And it's a school of practice, yes? 
So when you find all these crafts coming into the same place, that's the universal way of craftsmanship. So you're practicing it with your program every day. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, just uh, leaving that legacy and building something that, you know, shadows us almost puts us kind of, that's not about us and it's about the, the impact it makes. And so I love that, um, just that vision, that goal with, with this, the five elements with life masterpiece and everything you're doing. So, um, thank you for, for sharing all of that. Where can people, I know we mentioned Amazon is where your book series is medium.com is where your journal is. Is there other places people can connect with you or, or find out what you're doing? Yeah, for the time being, have them go to lifemasterpiecejournal.com, as you were saying, because that journal is on Medium. And uh, there'll be an announcement uh, later this month about we're opening the workshop online that people can actually then go there and practice. Awesome. That's exciting. Exciting stuff. So yeah, guys, go check it out. Get connected with Charles. See, see more. Dive into more of these five elements and, and more of what he's putting out there. Uh, but again, Charles, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Chris, being on with The Craftsman. Hey, do you have a website? If not, you want to check out Bluehost, who partners with WordPress, so you can create a website with no issues, quickly, seamlessly, with lots of templates to choose from. So you have no reason not to be able to get a wonderful-looking website out there and be able to use it for your business, your podcast or whatever your needs may be. So check out Bluehost, the link in my show description so you can get started building your website today. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be... Pencil Leaders.